Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you today. Got an incredible message. I'm continuing in this whole thing about heaven on earth. And I'm telling you, you could you could say, yeah, 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 yeah. Heaven on earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another promise. Another bunch of pie in the sky. Listen, I am not talking about pie in the sky. And when you really sink your teeth into what Jesus taught about, because Jesus taught how to have heaven on earth. And I'm telling you, once you sink your teeth into that, you ain't even, you ain't even going to believe how practical how functional, how relevant it is, and how quickly it will come to play in your life. So man, get your notebook out, get ready. If you're doing this around an I group, everybody get together here, because here we go, we're diving into this thing, and today we're talking about the kingdom first. Now listen, one of the things that I have found uh, about people who are knowledgeable, I mean, they're, they're serious about God, they're knowledgeable of the Bible, and many of these people are people who even understand the, the, the covenant of peace and the gospel of peace, and they have a biblical sense of the grace of God. But it's amazing how much even people with the right knowledge can limit the quality of their life for one reason. Not because they don't know the truth, but because they don't apply the truth in priority. Now, I know that's got to sound crazy. And, you know, I've taught about living by priority for decades. And uh, I, don't ever, I don't know that I've ever been able to convey it. Uh, let me say this about living by priority, though. First of all, understanding is a facility or, or, or is a factor of the heart, not, not the mind. And when you have a heart belief about something, when you, in other words, when you, have, when you believe something in your heart, your, a byproduct of believing the truth in your heart will be understanding. That's what the Bible tells you. And, uh, and, and so when understanding comes, you will intuitively, if you will, be able to live by priority. And if it doesn't come about because of a heart belief, I got news for you, it is going to be, it's going to be a juggling act of always trying to figure out what's the most important. And I'm telling you, you're not going to get there. But, but Jesus taught us some things about priority that, well, taught us the most important things about priority that we, we can easily start putting into practice. You know, I have a, a really good friend in Canada, Pastor Leon Fontaine, and uh, uh, after I'd taught this for years, I heard him teach a series. I can't remember the name of the series. It's something like First Things First or, or, or Before You Do This. I can't remember the name of it, but basically... I thought he did a better job of conveying this concept than I did. He just, he just made it a lot simpler, and he just brought it down to this. There are just so many times that the Bible says, or Jesus says, before you do this, do this. Now, if Jesus said, before you do this, do this, then he is saying there is a priority. And even though this over here is scriptural, even though this over here is in the Bible, even though this is something that you want to do, in order for this to have the, the desired effect, in order for this to bring about the fruit in your life that you, that you want it to bring about, it is absolutely essential 
that you first do this. So you see, God wants us to do the things first, by the way, that um, solidify and clarify our connection with Him, solidify and clarify our sense of who He is, so that when we're acting, we're truly acting in faith because we're believing who He is. And, and therefore, uh, uh, well, let me give you a good example. You know, Jesus said, you know, you might be standing at the altar getting ready to give an offering, and you remember you've got something you need to settle with a brother. Leave your offering at the altar and go settle this first before you give your offering. Now, there's several important things in this. First of all, I said, leave your gift here. And the reason for that was because if you took your gift with you, there's a high probability you'd go out there and get off track and end up spending it or using it on something else. And it's important that you give what belongs to God to him. Uh, but secondly, why would he want you to settle something? In, in actuality, in context, he's talking about debts. He's talking about money issues. And the reason you want to settle these kinds of things where maybe greed, dishonesty, or even theft is really working in your heart because you don't want to pay the money that you owe to somebody, you have to understand how it's going to affect your heart. You say, well, I'm going to give over here and trust God to, to multiply this. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, God can only allow or, or bring about what you believe and facilitate in your heart. He's not, he, can't, he can't violate the beliefs of your heart. If you're operating in greed and theft over here with a brother, then the real truth is you have violated the primary factor that contributes to uh, prosperity without trouble, and that is generosity. You're not generous just because you give a gift to God. And listen, you know, I, I, knew a, I knew a businessman, came to my church one time. Man, I'll tell you, this guy was a giver. But I'm telling you, he was a con man. I'm telling you, he beat people everywhere out of money. He couldn't abide in righteousness, peace, and joy because he couldn't have peace for all the people he'd beaten out of money that were always suing him and trying to get their money back from him. But yet he was generous with God in his religious mind, giving kind of washed away all of this stuff over here. No, so when God tells you to do something else first, usually it's going to do something that's going to affect you in a way to get the maximum benefit of, of, of what you're doing because everything God says, He says to the, for the purpose of benefiting you and your relationship with Him. Now, even in the area of obedience, I mean, you almost hate to say obedience because, you know, people today think obedience is a four-letter word. Um, but let me say this. Obedience uh, is good, it's healthy, if it is done from a heart of love and trust. If it's not done from a heart of love and trust, then it's always going to turn into something performance-based, legalistic, or whatever, and it's going, to, it's going to turn into a mess, and it's going to turn into something that's going to destroy you. But even obedience is not truly obedience if it misses a point. Take, for example, of course, this always makes me think of Jack and the Beanstalk, but let's say you, you live back, you know, uh, uh, 100 years ago, 150 years ago, and so winter's coming on, and, 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 and your, the parent comes out and says, listen, it's a dangerous trail and you'll have to protect yourself and you have to really be smart and you have to stay on the path. But I want you to go into town and I want you to purchase some of our food goods that we will need in order to survive the winter. So, man, you're going to obey. You're going to obey the parent. You get your stuff together and you head down this path. And along this path, you, you, you have these encounters. You know, you, people try to rob you because they know you're going in to buy supplies. So, you know, you, 
you have victory over the robbers. You outsmart the bad guys, you know. Maybe, maybe even you get attacked by a wild animal and you survive. Man, you get to town and you, you have braved the way and you celebrate and, and you give glory to God for, for all the victories that, that you experience along the way, but you don't make it back home with the food. Now, even though you've been a brave son and you made the journey into town, you missed the point. The point was to get back before the snow set in so there would be food for your family, but you didn't. You diddle around, you celebrate it. And see, that's sort of like us worshiping God, having this great praise party, but really not doing what God is leading us to do. Not, not, you know, uh, not obeying His written word, but also not obeying the word that He is speaking into our heart. We can do the right things and it can still destroy us if we do them out of priority. If we, because when you get out of priority, you miss the point. Truth is no longer truth when it's lifted out of context or when it omits certain event, individual or crucial factors. So, you know, the Hebrew word for truth is an interesting word because the, fir the first letter in that word comes from the beginning of the alphabet. The next one comes from the middle and the, and the last one comes from the end. And so, you know, there's all kinds of factors in, in how the, the Hebrew believer interprets truth and, and the positions of the letters in the alphabet are a factor. And so, you know, the middle letter tends to represent what is happening right now. But that letter back here at the beginning tends to represent those things that happened to bring about this particular event. And then the letter at the end tends to be uh, represent those consequences uh, or outcomes or, or things that are done in reaction to that particular event. Now, so many times we lie because we tell what is happening right now. You know, any of you who have raised kids, you know, you walk into the room, you see one of your kids hit the other kid. All right. The, and you say, what happened here? And the kids say, he hit me, he hit me. Well, that may be true, but it's not the truth because it doesn't include all the other factors. Because what you may find out is that before you saw that, uh, the kid that was getting hit had already hit the other kid. So by omitting this, it is, it, it's no longer truth. See, bringing the whole picture in, understanding the, understanding the truth, understanding the goal, understanding the mission, if you will, uh, this, this only happens when we obey or do or walk things out based on priority. Now, many who understand aspects of the faith miss the point of faith because they apply it out of priority. Now, you've heard me say this. I value and appreciate what the faith movement brought to the kingdom because the whole concepts of faith had pretty much disappeared and believing that God was the miraculous God, that his promises were good and all that kind of had was really was almost gone from the face of the earth. And the Pentecostals and the Charismatics and ultimately the Word of Faith people, they restored these things. Now, like every movement, they, they, they made some messes and, and that, that's all right. People make messes, you know. But what was so sad about the faith movement was somehow the faith movement 
drifted away from its original intention. And it wasn't about trusting God's character and nature. It wasn't about trusting who God was. It, it was about trusting what God might do for you. And eventually it came down to trusting your faith that you could get God to do things for you. So it became about faith in your faith. It wasn't about faith in God. It wasn't about faith in the promises. It was about faith in your faith. Now, <clears throat> many who got drawn into the faith movement, they were drawn into the faith movement really by unhealthy motives. They were drawn in by greed. They were drawn in, drawn in by selfishness and self-centeredness and sadly misrepresented the faith movement. And that happened every good movement. Every good movement always gets infiltrated by people who corrupt it out of their greed, some selfish motive, and they turn it into something horrible. You know, right now, the grace, the grace message started out as a, genuine, as a genuine pursuit of people who wanted to experience the power of God to live a godly life. Today, the grace movement has degenerated in most areas down to just uh, everything's okay, uh, grace means God, you know, God doesn't care what I do, just goofy stuff like that. But that happens to every movement. Every movement starts, no matter how genuine it starts out, always gets perverted by carnal, selfish people who are working their, their own agendas. So here's one of the things you want to understand about faith in general or anything. Once we place anything ahead of knowing God, knowing and experiencing God, having this relationship with God. Anything that gets a higher, that is applied in a higher priority, even if it's something that God has promised, even if it's something that God has told us to do, the moment it supersedes our hunger to know, experience, connect with God, then I'm telling you the whole relationship becomes perverted. Death and destruction begin to creep in and uh, man, it's, uh, it, it becomes devastating. But people have scriptures they can point to. People can, you know, tell you all the things. Hey, listen, by the way, let me, let me just mention this. I'm not going to take this a minute. Uh, in July, third week in July, every year we have what's called World Changer Weekend. I'm telling you, it is a party. It is a celebration of worship and praise. It is ministry of the word. It's having fun. It's fellowship and hanging out with people that are making this journey. So, uh, be sure to go to our website, impactministries.com. Check out World Changer Weekend. Come and spend the weekend with us. You will absolutely love it. Now, listen, back to what we're talking about. <clears throat> I began about 30 years ago teaching what I call the serendipity principle. Now, interestingly, I had people accuse me of teaching new age because I was using the word serendipity and the word serendipity is not in the Bible. Well, the word serendipity is not in the Bible, but like many things, serendipity is described. The process of serendipity is described in the Bible. Um, <clears throat> Proverbs 12, 28 says this, love, 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 love this scripture. In the way of righteousness is life, and in its pathway, there is no death. Now, when you see the word, the way of something or the pathway of something, then you know that it is talking about an approach to life, an approach, you know, the way you're walking something out. So the phrase, the way or the path, or, or, or it's like the realm of something. So you're talking about a way, a path, 
a realm that you can get into. And in this realm, which is your approach to life, how you approach life, there's, there's, there's going to be life. And, and in, in the Greek New Testament, that word life means the quality of life that Jesus gives. Uh, we're, we're talking about health, healing, happiness, you know, all of, the, all of these things that pertain to having a quality of life. So there's quality of life in this pathway. But here's the amazing thing. There is no death. Now, uh, so if I'm walking this path of righteousness that the Bible calls righteousness, then this serendipity principle applies because everything that pertains to life and godliness is going to be in this pathway. I'm not going to have to use my faith to try to get these things. I'm simply going to find these things because of the path that I'm walking in. And, you know, if I'm not finding these things, then I know I may not really be walking the path of righteousness. And then the things that we're trying to avoid, <clears throat> the things where we need protection, are not going to be in this pathway. Why? Because there's no death there. And death, death is a continuum. Everything from, everything from sorrow to pain to suffering to, you know, finances, health, everything that has to do with anything that opposes the life of God. So the question I have to ask is this. Why am I wasting my faith to try, trying to get things that I could simply discover them if I happen to be walking down the right pathway? Now, don't turn this into legalism. Don't turn this. If I walk this righteous way, then God is going to bless. No, don't turn this that, that way. You're, you're, you're missing the whole point. If I trust God and he, is, and he has laid out for me a pathway, and not only that, the Holy Spirit is leading me down that pathway, then because I trust God, not just because I think I'm going to get the things I want by going down this pathway, because I trust God. He's saying, go this way. I'm going to go this way. And I immediately put myself in that position where I start finding things that I have wanted, the things that I need, you know, those things, like I say, that contribute to my quality of life. And I just start avoiding danger. There was a song we used to do here uh, years ago called by uh, Mylon Lefevre called I'm No Stranger to Danger, but I'm going to be. I'll tell you something. When you walk the path of righteousness, you become a stranger to danger. And that's, that's where I want to live. I've had my share of danger. I've had my share uh, of challenge. I've had my share of overcoming obstacles. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day and they said, man, Jim, you got such a great, you got such a great testimony about healing. I, you know, I don't have a testimony like that. I wish I, I, you know, I wish I had some great testimony of healing. I said, you do understand that to get healed, you got to be sick first, right? Are you understanding that? So you're telling me you want to be sick? No. I tell you, the greatest testimony in the world is not that you get healed. The greatest testimony in the world is you don't get sick. I think about walking this path, and this is oversimplification, but you know, I, I found that ultra simple is the easiest for me to grasp. You're walking down the sidewalk beside of a highway. And when you're walking along that sidewalk, you're really not in real danger of getting run over. You're not in danger 
getting hit, you know, by a car. But you decide you want to walk in the highway. So you're out there walking in the highway, and you're suddenly realizing, you know, if I don't walk this line in the middle of the highway, I'm, I'm going to get hit. And if I'm walking that line and somebody is across that line or somebody tries to pass, I can still get it. So you're walking down this highway. These cars are flying by you and you're in faith. Oh, God, protect me from these cars. You know, I'm sure God doesn't talk to people the way I do. But if I was God, I'd say, OK, stupid, walk on the sidewalk. How hard is that? You're not having to go out there and fight the devil if you're walking the sidewalk, you know. You're not having to go out there and try to find all these things you need if you're walking the sidewalk. Too many believers waste their faith trying to get that which is already freely given. And the access is there, but they're not accessing what God has freely given. You know, a uh, I minister a lot with Bob and Audrey Meisner, great people. I'm telling you, I love them and love their ministry, love what they do to help people. And Audrey shares that uh, years ago when we were, I think we were doing a television program together and, and we were talking about something along these lines. And, and I made this statement that, that I really couldn't remember the last time I prayed for money because I don't pray for money. Uh, and that just blew her mind because the way she grew up, there was always a, a stress about God meeting your needs and you, you had to always pursue God to, you know, for him to meet your needs. And, and, you know, we talked at length about this thing, about the fact that uh, if I'm connected to God, then I'm connected to all of God's resources. And I'm just going to find what I need while I walk this path. And, you know, it's, it's the same way with healing. It's the same way with anything else. And I'm not saying it's wrong to say, Okay, God, you know, I, now I've done, I've done things to develop my heart in the area of finances. I've done things to develop my heart in the area of healing and, and all of these kinds of things. But as far as trying to get God to, you know, mail me some money from somewhere, no, no that's, not, that's not what I do. You know, I did a little bit of that when I first got saved, and, and then eventually I just realized how, how utterly foolish and how contradictory it was to the Scriptures. So God wants us to enter a path where we don't really waste our faith trying to get all of these things that we need. And we, and, and we really do need them. It's, a, it's an amazing thing. When Jesus taught us how to pray, which most people totally either misunderstand or reject what we call the Lord's Prayer, and the Lord's Prayer uh, actually is, a, is the second in my trilogy of books about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. Because the Lord's Prayer is where we are taught how to establish God's kingdom in our lives. Establish the perfect will of God in our lives. It's not about asking God to do a bunch of things. I know it sounds that way when you read it in the English translations, but that is not at all what, what Jesus was teaching. But it's interesting when Jesus was teaching us how to establish ourselves in the kingdom. Now stop and think about it. We said that this way of righteousness was, it was a way of life or a path is a way of life and a realm is kind of like a way of life or a dimension of life. Well, see, the kingdom of God is not about a geographical kingdom. It's really about a way of life. And 
everything Jesus taught. Jesus was a teacher of the gospel of the kingdom. Everything that Jesus taught was about how to function in this realm, how to walk this path that puts us intimately connected to God and we're not wasting our faith trying to get stuff. You know, uh, getting stuff, oh man. You know, before I got saved, I had stuff. I learned how to make money when I was lost. You know, when I was, uh, when I was 16 years old, I was making more money than the average engineer out here at, Redstone, at NASA. And, uh, you know, I was making, I couldn't keep it. I mean, I ran through it like it was water, but, but I could make it. I played in bands that, you know, were house bands for clubs or did college gigs. And so always had some of the best dope in town, always had women, you know, always in the limelight. I, I didn't need stuff. I didn't get saved because I wanted stuff. I got saved because I wanted to be a new man and I wanted to know God. And so it amazed me to watch people that God just became a new way for them to get stuff. Faith just became a new way for them to get stuff. And there really wasn't much about entering into this realm or this way of life uh, where you're just walking with God, enjoying life and finding the stuff you need while you're walking down this path of life, a serendipity principle. Now, Jesus, like I say, he was a preacher of the kingdom. And we, we, we've talked about this. There's kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven. I've told you a lot about the kingdom of God the last several weeks. And by the way, if this is your first week and listen to this, be sure and be sure and go back and, and listen to these. Or you know what? If you're really wanting to make this journey in a really, really deep way, you're a person who is, who is a disciple, who in every area of your life, you're seeking to develop your life. Be sure and get the book and the eight message series on heaven, on earth. Because I tell you, there, there are things that I cover in the book that I don't cover anywhere else. There's things I cover in the series that I don't cover anywhere else. And there's things that I say on here that I don't necessarily cover everywhere else because there's more to it than you can put in one place. But uh, if you're wanting to make a serious journey of walking this, this way, of living this life of serendipity where you just find what you want as you walk the path and you avoid all the problems, then be sure and get these resources and go with them. But you know, I want you to think about the kingdom of heaven because the kingdom of heaven, we talked about the kingdom of God a lot. The kingdom of heaven represents what it'd be like to live in heaven. No pain, no sickness, no suffering, no sorrow, no heartache, no shame, none of that stuff. God wants us to live now like we would live if we were in heaven. Now keep in mind, this is why Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33, seek first not second, not third, not fourth, not fifth. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And you know, that thing on righteousness is going to probably be a whole series and a book by itself. And all of these things will be added to you. The main thing I want to point out right here is that last phrase. All of these things will be added to you. Are you sick and tired of praying for stuff that doesn't happen? Your faith getting shattered? You're wondering if you can trust God? Are you sick and tired of trying to get these things that you need for life? And you, you, you know these promises are in the Bible, but they're not really happening. Well, Jesus said, you don't need to be seeking those things. And in this, in this passage, just before this, he says almost the same thing he said when he talked about prayers. Like, look, God knows what you need. You don't have to worry about this. You don't have to tell him. This is what the pagans seek after. You seek first kingdom of God is righteousness. All these things shall be added to you. See, the kingdom of heaven 
is a realm where the resources of God are there. They are all added to you just because you're there. That's where I want to take you to. Listen, do me a favor. I want to reach people all over the world. We're committed to reaching a billion people and turning them into disciples. We are in 195 countries in the world. We're on dozens of platforms. You can, you can get us uh, uh, through Apple TV. You can get us through Roku. Uh, matter of fact, at our website, real soon we'll have a list of all the places that you can find, that you can find us and all that we offer. But if you're watching on YouTube, come in here and, and like this. Subscribe to this, write comments, ask questions. We'll get back with you. This causes more people to hear these great messages. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.